0: Uh, for editing, third. Episode, right? That we recorded? Yes. All right. So. Welcome to Anything Goes Hokkaido podcast. This is Delena and. Shia. And it's so nice to have you here with us. Uh, we have some really cool things going to happen today if we don't have any technical issues. We've got a special guest, our first guest. Yes. For the show, uh, Carlos Mirabel, who has been in Japan and Hokkaido with the Nippon Ham Fighters Pro Baseball team as a pitcher back in 2000...
1: 2000 to 2005, right,
0: yes. Um, although the fighters came here in 2004, Four. right? Yes. So um, it's gonna be really exciting to talk with him and find out more about baseball in yes. Japan. Now, I totally... I'm not a baseball person. <laughs> How about you?
1: Yes, uh, I mean... I'm a fan, but I wouldn't say I'm a die-hard fan or a big fan. Mm-hmm. Catch up on regular games in Hokkaido mostly, okay, as how- well as I go for the fighters as well. So
0: mm, okay, you're a fighters fan. Yeah, yeah. If yes. I'm a fan of anybody, it's the fighters for sure. Definitely. Um, yes. How often do you go to games?
1: Uh, well, last year I went to a game, <laughs> a game. Yes, uh-huh. but that was actually my first ever baseball game that I went to, and hopefully this year. It's going to be hard, though, with, because of Corona.
0: Right. We have uh, no idea. When I would love to go events. to more than
1: a game. <laughs> but just at the time, yeah, I was quite busy. Mm. Quite busy at the time. So, yes, I managed to go to one game with a friend. But hopefully this year, if they're still playing at the Dome, I would like to go most of the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been... I think the last game I went to was few years ago
2: Um,
0: and I went because I had tickets so um, my partner is a manga artist Mm. and they had this collaboration with the Hokkaido Manga Association. Manga is uh, comic books, Japanese comic books, kind of connected to anime. If you're you're not an otaku you don't know what we're talking about if you're just like I'm
1: pretty sure most people
0: people who are, are watching something about Japan probably know what manga is but a lot of people are like what's a manga? I did not... Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Back in the States, a lot of people um, are not necessarily... Okay, you're young, you're young, and you have have the um, advantage of having YouTube and Google and stuff, which did not exist when I came here, so... I know... Um, But anyway, so the Hokkaido Manga Association did a collaboration with the fighters two, three, four years ago, and um, they put up these huge posters of the artwork in Sporodome and gave tickets to the artists. And so I went with my kids uh, to see a game. So you
1: went because you got free tickets. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm not a sports watcher, typically. I'd rather be doing something myself. Uh, and yeah, so we went there. It was really cool. My uh, partner has great, big, nice, uh, huge poster of the girl with the fighters gear on and okay. pitching in like the world. It was really cool. Uh, Instagram at Makoto Miyazaki Manka. If you want to check it out, it's on there. Anyway, um, before that I went to maybe just two or three games. And this is my embarrassing story. Which is okay. part, of, part of our... Uh, one of our faucets of the program is to share funny stories about life overseas in Japan. So I went to a fighters game to be part of the cheering section for the manager. Trey Hillman at the time who was the manager um, when Carlos was here and brought the team from Tokyo up here. Um, And we actually are personal friends um, from years back, but uh, we went as a cheering section for the coach, which is kind of weird. And I'm sitting there um, (laughs) in the center, you know, like not on either fan side, but um, with the group. And there's this guy in Sapporo, Jerry. He is like an encyclopedia About baseball Oh right When he came to Japan Probably I don't know Three, four decades ago The very first thing he did Was watch a baseball game In Tokyo Which I think was A fighter's game Right And he's I think he's been to every stadium In the US Maybe Or really close to it Ask him anything And so I'm sitting on one side Of this guy And there's a Russian lady Sitting on the other side of him And neither of us Know anything about baseball So he's like taking us through the points and the fighters were home turf so in their white uniforms right and the opposing team was in like a purple mm. uniform and i'm like jerry okay i get that that's the fighters that's the other team but what team are the guys in black on and i asked her like a couple times and he finally just like those are the umpires
1: Really? You didn't know baseball that much?
0: Well, I watch movies and on TV and I don't know, my image of umpires was like the black and white striped uniform. Right. Ah, and they were sort of like in all black. And oh, so yeah. I was just like, well, okay, is it like soccer? Where the goalie wears a different color uniform or something? Or like, what's happening? So, yeah. <sighs> that's a
1: cringe moment right there for the young people, I think.
0: Uh-huh. This oh. is just the... The whole world
1: generation himself. gap, right there.
0: <laughs> we have those, that's part of what makes it fun to work with you. Yes, is that
1: generation gap. Well, I agree, I agree. Yes, but anyway, mm. so I we can move on to yeah. the interview.
0: All right, so um, we'll be right back and we're gonna Skype with Carlos Mirable double zero for Nippon Ham Fighters, and we'll be back. All right, so Carlos Mirable, welcome to anything goes Hokkaido Podcast.
3: It's great to be we're here. So happy
0: to have you on.
3: Yes. Oh no, no thank I'm you happy to me. be here. Yeah.
0: Alright, so first of all, I know nothing about baseball except my friendship with you and Trey Hillman and otherwise clueless. So uh, Shinya, I know is a big fan of baseball and knew exactly who you were when I said you were gonna be a guest on the show. Yep. So I'm going to
1: say Shinya, take over. Uh, Okay, sure, yes. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of baseball, but I do keep up with, uh, still, the Nippon Ham Fighters at the moment today. And uh, while my parents were living in Hokkaido between 96 and 2002, uh, I remember my father, especially, talking about you, Carlos. Oh, wow. Yes, during that time, so... My dad is a big fan of baseball. He used to be a a pitcher for the state teams, one of the state teams in Australia when he was younger. Very nice. Yes, so, yes, uh, I try and go to a few baseball events here and then, but yes, uh, it's a pleasure to have you here.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank
1: you, yes. Anything else, Delana? Yeah,
0: so uh, Carlos, Tell
3: us uh, how you came to be in Hokkaido before. Um, Well, I joined the fighters in the year 2000. And um, 2004, the whole team, the whole fighter team moved from Tokyo up to Hokkaido. So we were the first, you know, basically the first team to be based in that area. And um, which was very exciting. Um, A little hard at the beginning because everybody up there, Seem to be your Murray Giants fan. so you know we did a lot of work in that mm. 2004 season to. I to remember really, that
0: season. Yeah. And how
3: hard you guys worked, worked to, work. to
0: get fans.
3: Yeah, we but. we did a lot of things outside of the stadium um, to just try to try to let the fans know that we're your team now, so you can support us. Um, we we did a lot of things for the fans. It was it was actually pretty good, and and the thing that gets me. Um, a little emotional and excited is this past year toys r us brought me back to um so Mm -hmm. i can do a little speaking engagement you know for for people at toys r us and it was during golden week so i had a chance to go um to a couple of the fighters games so to see the the response of how the fighter fans uh, or how the Sapporo fans and Hokkaido fans took to the fighters, um, you know, just in in the whole town. Like everywhere you went, you saw something fighters um, anywhere. And I I remember when we first went up there, there was none of that. And we had to really kind of create all of that to to get people to know who we are. So to see how over, oh my gosh, that's, I want to say, what is that like?
1: I mean, you, you did well then.
3: <laughs> yeah, fifteen years—it's—it's it's turned into something that's pretty, pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, it's incredible the fan base you have here for the team, and I know you guys really did the right approach to, you know, not directly try to like take away people from being Giants fans, but just you know, like, come support us with your team now. And guys no, are absolutely. everywhere.
3: No, what do you think
0: about, um, you know, the fighters are planning to move from the Sapporo Dome location as their home base? Have they decided exactly where they're going to move to?
3: Yeah, they've already put up plans for the stadium, the new stadium. I think it mm-hmm. opens in 2023. Um, I've yeah. seen it on the Internet, you know, like the drawings of it and little models of it and stuff like that. And supposedly it's going to be pretty much the the, the most amazing athletic stadium in the world when it's finished being built, comparable to what the Dallas Cowboys have in in Jerryland in Dallas.
0: Wow, that's really exciting. And the Sapporo Dome itself was very innovative when it was created, because I think it was one of the first and still very few places that has like a removable soccer stadium on real turf that you can wheel in and out. And so um, you guys shared the stadium with the soccer team, the Considore, Mm-hmm. if I recall that correctly. Yeah, I know actually... this stuff because I do um, the English announcements for the like oh, guided nice. tours at Sapporo Dome and yeah. videos about it. So,
3: oh, very nice. Uh,
0: just random information there.
3: Yeah, we actually, but... we actually, um, when we the the pitchers, you know, we have to do our running so when we first moved to Sapporo dome we would actually as as a group of us pitchers we would actually go outside and run on the soccer field and oh, that's awesome. and that's where we would yeah so it was pretty cool you know we we'd go all the way out and and we'd be on the you know we'd be on the side we wouldn't be like in the middle of the field we didn't want to ruin it so we were like more on the sidelines and stuff and we would do like our running and and sprints and and just all kinds of stuff out there, while the other guys were taking batting practice inside.
1: Oh, I've got a question. Yes, so... um, Well, at that time, so you started in the 2000 season in Japan. So, how did you find that option to move to Japan for your career? And uh, how was your first time in Japan at that time, 20 years ago now? Yes.
3: Yeah, actually, yeah, 20 years ago. Wow. Um, it, I was actually playing baseball in Taiwan. Taiwan, okay. I was playing in Taiwan's professional professional leagues. I spent 3 years there and every year I would make videotapes of my pitching and send them to teams in Japan. The first year, um, I was called from the Giants. The more Giants had interest, but the thing is I didn't have an agent. I didn't I didn't really know how the business part worked. So we didn't really develop any kind of better communication, communication you're yeah. a giant. So the second year I was in Taiwan, I did the same thing, sent videotapes. We didn't have any anybody calling. The third year um, I sent videotapes as well. I had a really, really good year in Taiwan. All three of my years were really good in Taiwan, but the third year I, I became a closer. So mm-hmm. when I sent the videos, the, the Nippon Ham fighters contacted me because they needed a closer. And at the time that they contacted me, it was toward the end of the season. And in Taiwan, we had made the championship So we were doing our championship round right. And they asked me if I would fly over When yep. when it's over To throw for them live And then they'll make a decision On whether they want to sign me or not So as mm-hmm. soon as the last game We were in uh, Taipei And we finished the last game The next morning, I was on a flight to Japan um, And the guy from the fighters, Toshi Shimada Picked me up drove me to the... It was like an instructional thing at the time. I don't remember the name of the town, but SeaWorld was there. Okay. So I up, we were at the hotel in SeaWorld. The, the SeaWorld for, for that area was like right down the street. So I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then wow. I threw for them and then they decided to sign me um, for the 2000 season as a closer. And then um, that's how it kind of all began. So I didn't have an agent to go over there. Um, I did everything myself and then um you know when i got to japan it, i was familiar with i guess the culture of things because in taiwan it's they almost similar copy, they want to copy the culture of japan mm.
2: and
3: the baseball style that they play and and just everything so when i got to japan it was just like a it was almost like i was already familiar with how things work it was just a different language and, um, and I found more people, because I was based in Tokyo, mm. um, I found more people spoke and understood English. And it was a little easier to navigate and get things in the Tokyo area as opposed to Taiwan. So okay. I, I just jumped right into Japan and um, I was pretty much familiar with how everything runs. It wasn't really new to me, um, other than the talent level. The, the baseball talent level, mm. they're a lot better, better in Japan. So to me, it was, I was excited to, I, that was my goal was to jump to Japan and then hopefully, you know, come back to the United States and play. Mm. Um, but I just wound up spending six years in Japan.
0: Mm-hmm. That's well, we great. We were really lucky to have you here. Oh, I love, Chi- I love That you came up to Hokkaido. So how did you do with the Hokkaido weather-wise and city-wise after being in Tokyo so long?
3: Well, you know, for me, um, for me it was the whole experience was emotional. Um, because I I started with the Fighters in Tokyo. I was a closer for 2 years and then I became a starter. So the 2000 2001 season I was a closer, 2002 2003 I was a starter and the thing about it was I was an opening day starter in 2003. And I had a really great year. I, I believe I won 16 games that year. But the thing about it was I pitched. I was the starting pitcher in the last home game at the Tokyo Dome mm-hmm. for the fighters before. Because that was the last home game that we had there as, as the fighters. Because the following season, we're going to go to Hokkaido. So I wound up pitching that game. And I pitched eight innings. Great. Mm-hmm and wow. then in the ninth inning we had like a five to nothing lead and i wound up giving up five runs in the ninth inning oh and, damn <laughs> yeah the Tokyo dome was packed with yes. everybody people wanted to say goodbye to us and and i just remember i pitched eight great innings i remember trey came over to me how do you feel i was like oh i feel good now me as a pitcher whether i was tired or not if you ask if you ask any starting pitcher how they feel they're always going to tell you they feel good but meanwhile, I was already I was already at like 120, 125 pitches. Yeah, um, so I was on one. I believe one hundred and sixty five pitches in that game. And when I came out the game, the the score was tied. Now we had like a five nothing lead. Now, all of a sudden, it's five to five. And I'm sitting there and then we wound up going extra innings and we wound up losing the game. And I remember ah. when the game was over, we had to go out on the field and pretty much say goodbye to all the fans so i was emotional i was like crying because i was just like oh my god like i just i had this opportunity to sh- to give the fans the last game in the tokyo dome as a win and i pitched great for eight innings and then i blew it and i i i, I cost us the game almost a game in the last inning and i felt horrible and so at that point I like, oh my God, like I, I really felt horrible. So then going into the off season, now we're gonna move to Hokkaido. So it's a new experience, you know what I mean? And here I am, I'm still thinking, wow, I just, you know, I didn't give the fans in in, in the Tokyo area a, a win to leave, okay. which was great going to Hokkaido. So when we, we got the spring training, um, there was a lot of talk about, you know, cause in Okinawa, the weather was a little warmer and, and we were all like, what's, what's it gonna be like? in sapporo mm. and, and i just remember when the plane landed and they had the the video screen showing the outside and it was snowing everybody's like "Uh oh <laughs> <laughs> you know but the thing is it was you know we adjusted well um trey hillman did a great job um to really get all the players and and the organization and the coaches to really understand that you know we have a great opportunity here to take a brand new situation and really get these fans on board to let them know like we are your team. You know, we're here for you. And the weather just kind of freaked everybody out at the beginning because of the, it was snowing so much. And um, But we adjusted well and um, it just was a lot of work, you know, and, um, and it was great. It was a great season. We actually wound up making the playoffs.
0: Yeah, um, you did
3: that's the first time they did the playoff system so and i remember so this was my my chance i felt um to kind of kind of really help the team you know i had the the first half of the year i I didn't really have such a good first half um you know trey mike brown was also there you know toshimata all these and the other coaches i I, I i was struggling a little bit i had a little bit of a health issue um and then i remember meeting with trey after one of the games i didn't do so well and he sent me down to the minor leagues um to for i thought it was going to be like forever but it turned out i only really missed one game because it was right before the all-star break um and i remember i went down to the minor leagues i I took my family that the team actually put us in the tokyo hilton which was like in the parking lot of disneyland or disney (laughs) disney and, and the magic kingdom down there Which was pretty cool because I I would take the train around, go to the minor league facility, practice, do what I had to do, come back. I was back by 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And at that time I was married with my daughter and my wife would take my daughter to breakfast in in the Magic Kingdom. And then they would come back. We would have lunch at the hotel, swim for a little bit, and then we would go back to Disney for dinner. And then at nighttime, because I had to get up early for practice, our room, when you open up the the curtains you can see the fireworks so i just remember i would be in bed with my daughter and then we'd open up the curtains and then the fireworks would go off and um and it was really cool it was relaxing i was able to get myself healthy you know my mind was more into it and then uh i remember trey called me up and said hey when all-star break is over meet us in in chiba because we're gonna play the latte marines you're you're coming back so i was like okay great and then from there i remember sitting with trey And i had told trey and toshi before i went down there to get healthier and stuff like that i said listen i'm gonna work my butt off i said and we're gonna come back and we're gonna win this so then when we came when i came back i had a really great second half and we got i pitched the the game in the sapporo dome which was the last scheduled game of the 2004 season against the um the hawks um i don't know if they if they were called SoftBank hawks yet at that at point
1: i'm not, not yet i don't
3: think the yes. hawks, but i know it was like a transition but i won the pitching against the hawks in that game it was the last scheduled game and i pitched a complete game and i remember in the last inning i had two strikes on the last batter and i heard the crowd screaming my name and it was packed the whole place was sold out and i remember they were screaming my name so i wanted to get a strikeout for the fans and i almost mm-hmm. threw the ball the catcher's head and then I said, "Okay, calm down, relax. The game's not over yet." And then I wound up, you know, refocusing, and I threw a strike to strike the the batter out to end the game. And then the fans were nuts. So nuts, that yeah. went that win put us in the tie with the Lote Marines and Bobby Valentine's team um, for that last playoff spot. But, but we had one makeup game against the. Uh, the Oryx team. I don't know if they were Oryx Buffaloes yet. They might, or yeah, they might've been Oryx Buffaloes yet at that point. Um, we had one game against them in Kobe and it was two days later. And now I threw, I think it was like 135 pitches in that last game, somewhere around there, maybe 125, 135. And I remember Mike Brown and Trey came up to me after the end of the game and said, you know, in two days, I would normally throw my bullpen and then get ready for the playoffs, hopefully. And they said, don't throw my bullpen because they might need me to pitch in relief. So I remember oh, yeah. they they called me down. I was in the bullpen. I think it was Connemora. Um, I believe he was starting at the time. And around the third, the third fourth inning, he got in a little trouble. Um, we were winning the game, but he started giving up some hits and walks. In the fifth inning, he got a little trouble again. And I remember Mike Brown called me down to the bullpen and said, hey, start throwing. So as soon as I got up and I walk over to the mound, he gets the third out. So I was like, OK. So then they call. I talked to them on the phone again and say, hey, you're in the game next You're You're going in the next inning. And I was like, oh, my gosh, already. <laughs> I think, I, I, think like I didn't even get a chance to really warm up because our batters got out quick. Okay. So I remember um, I want to say I threw like like not even 10 pitches to warm up. So then I get in the game It's the it's now the sixth inning. And I, I and I'm thinking we gotta win this, right? This is Hokkaido, this is we just came to Hokkaido. This is our first year. We have a chance to make the playoffs. And I think we had like a like a two run lead or something like that. And uh I just went getting the game and I think oh my god, I think I walked the first guy, hit the second guy or something like that, and I was like, Uh oh, I'm not really warmed up and plus I just pitched a whole game okay. two days. I said, right, well, you know what? I said this is just how it has to be and I said, we got to win this I don't care how I feel or whatever you just gotta we just gotta win so I wound up getting double play then I got the next guy out I go to the bench. I'm thinking I'm done because you know I just pitched a lot I wound up pitching three innings and then the, the, the seventh inning I did great the eighth inning I did great and then our closer came in we won the game to go to the playoffs so that was just awesome and I know I believe the Sapporo Dome had people in it watching the game on the screen. And I know the Chibolote Marines had people in their stadium watching the game mm-hmm. too. And it was the only game that was going on. I don't think the Central League was even playing. Um, they they were probably finished or whatever, um, which was great. So I had, a, I had a part in finishing the game that through a complete game that tied at the end of the season. And then I had three innings to hold the game so we could make that last playoff spot. And then we get to the playoffs, and we lost the first game. And then I pitched in the second game, and we won. And then we went into the third game, um, and we were losing up until the last Last and I believe it was Ogasawara, had a game-tying home run. And we got all excited. Everything was great. Yep. And then the bottom of the ninth, the first batter hits a home run, and we lose. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. But I just remember that – was the start of the fighters in mm-hmm. Sapporo. You know what I mean? So we were able yeah. to do what the plan was from spring training when we had a meeting, like a team meeting, and Trey and the organization, everybody was talking to us. We had that opportunity to start the first season in Hokkaido mm-hmm. in the Sapporo Dome, get to the playoffs. So we gave the fans that excitement. Um, to start everything, you know, yes. and then, it's so that's the goal. And, and it was pretty, pretty exciting to see as we were getting toward the end of the season, how the fans reacted to it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and how they to us. So for me being with, with the last team of the fighters in Tokyo and pitching that last game in the Tokyo dome, that was great up until that last inning and not really being able to finish it. And then coming to Hokkaido, where I was able to finish the last game of the season in Sapporo Dome and get that win in the playoffs, which I believe it was 25 years to that point since the fighters had won a playoff game or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You guys made so much history. Yeah. We were so lucky that you got to come here and start off the fighters for Hokkaido like you did. Um, Carlos, we're kind of running out of time here, but I just wanted to ask you, what's going on with you now? What can we look to the future? And are you coming back to Japan anytime soon if all this pandemic stuff calms down?
3: Um, well, I, you know, it's it's tricky right now um, mm-hmm. with all of this virus spread stuff going on. Things just kind of stand still. Sure, no sure. Stops. It, 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 it halted yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: But um, you were here, you said, in Golden Weeks so of last May to do the Toys R Us thing. That was yeah. with the Japan. What is the Retired name of the group? Foreign
3: Players Association.
0: Retired Foreign Players Association. Yeah. So we might be looking to that website or um, connecting with you on social media. Like uh, we'll we'll link up your Instagram to yeah, the you podcast. And
2: yeah, you can link up all If of people want to
0: yeah. follow, follow you, you've been. Playing in a few other countries the last couple of years, I yeah, believe.
3: I, so I, uh, I, I, I. Well, let's see what happens with, um, with what's going to go on with the virus spread thing. Because I wound up finishing last season coaching in Tokushima. Uh, for yeah, the- that's
0: right. You were here in Japan last season. So.
3: Yeah, And We won I the think- championship for the Chicago. Congratulations. Yeah, oh, and awesome. then we beat the, and then we wound up beating the BCL championship. For the grand championship which wow. was pretty cool
0: yeah i remember yeah. seeing the following that online that's incredible well carlos mirabel zero yep. zero for the nippon ham fighters from uh 2000 to 2005 is that right yep
3: 2000 2005.
0: well thank you so much for being a guest here with us on anything goes hokkaido we hope to have you back again in person uh sometime down the line and I hope uh, please will. Stay well with your current quarantine in New York.
3: Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. And and everybody right. in Japan, please be safe.
0: Yeah, we are. We're We're doing the social distancing thing really well right now. So. <laughs> Good. Yeah. All right. Everybody, please follow Carlos on Instagram or, uh, you know, do an RSS feed on his news and uh, keep up with his adventures. And thanks yep. again.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank
0: you very much. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hokkaido Artist Spotlight. Here's a new track from British singer songwriter David Sweetlow The Plane Stop Flying.
4: The Plane Stop. Flying There's nowhere to go The people I stay in Symptomatic over Stop flying the plane stop flying to me.
0: to our regular scheduled programming with Shinya and Elena why is your face always red I don't know why is your face always red does your face get red when you drink yes yeah now my, I was drinking teacher's bourbon last yeah, no, night I bourbon saw it, right? I saw you saw the post um, I thought it was funny <laughs> just like oh there's teachers I'm a teacher do you As like well. it I'm not um, a
1: big fan of teachers but
0: not straight like, I think that flavor... But it was good as a bourbon coke. Like, I liked it then. But, yeah.
1: I so. do usually like alcohol on the rocks.
0: Yeah, I, I do too. Like, whiskey uh, and stuff. But, but,
1: but there are some uh, whiskeys that it's better to drink straight. And it's better to drink with water. Mm. But you just have to research it. Yeah,
0: yeah. so... Well, that's the... And I, I don't usually drink side. a lot. <laughs> um, but I was like... Why not coronavirus, staying at home, so...
1: Why not drink corona, beer, and virus vodka?
0: (laughs) Oh, I I didn't even know there was a virus vodka. Oh yeah,
1: there's a vodka called virus. Okay, so So, I I just... There's so many, do you know memes? No. Um, Oh,
0: memes, like the online memes.
1: Yeah, online memes. Of course. Okay. I'm not that old! Uh, (laughs) Okay. I think more people, (laughs) less people know about memes than manga, I think. Really? Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, It depends uh, (laughs) where you're from, I guess
1: Yes, uh, there's many memes with corona and virus
0: Yeah, I've seen that I thought about getting a case of corona at Costco Because they've been having it on sale Like, really on sale But I can't drink that much
1: Because nobody else
0: drinks in my house, so
1: I'm actually not a big fan of Corona beer
0: (laughs) Neither am I So just for making memes or posting it it would have been funny but
1: Sapporo Classic, 100%
0: Yes We should try and get sponsored by Sapporo Classic (laughs)
1: That would be good Uh, Um, I can't do... I mean I can but I would turn so effing red when mm -hmm. I drink alcohol so...
0: Yeah so I had like pink cheeks after a couple shots of that with my coke burn Last night, that's Um, alright. But so, is it so? Is it true like Japanese people in general turn red when they drink, or it's pretty common? It's not Japanese, well, Asians, okay. And of course, Uh, so you're you're... it's it's,
1: it goes through genetics, really. My Mm -hmm. mother gets it, okay, so I get it,
0: right? And then
1: it'll probably go down to one of my kids in the future,
0: possibly. Uh, so, your mother's Japanese yes. and your dad's American. No, Australian!
2: American? <laughs> <Not bad>. What?
0: <laughs> See, this is part of the rivalry. America is amazing. Yeah, your dad's Australian. I would say
1: Australia's not bad. I'm not...
0: Australia's probably I, amazing when I like... go there. Oh my
1: there. god, Australia's amazing. And, uh, it Australia's... probably is. Oh, for me, Australia's not not bad. I'm not gonna say it's amazing, but it's not bad. There's positives and negatives everywhere.
0: This is true. I'm Same with s- me.
1: I'm gonna stay. <laughs>
0: stay neutral. Let's. Yes. Okay, Stick but to uh, I was gonna ask you, what do you prefer to be called? Do you like to be called half or mixed oh, I don't, race, I don't, I don't or care. you don't care? I don't care. <laughs> okay.
1: Everyone's so, called me half so many times. Everyone's called me Asian. Mm-hmm. So
0: many times, it's okay.
1: just not a big deal anymore.
0: Alright, did it bother you in the past when you were like growing up or...?
1: Of course, like, uh, I'm half but of course you could see a lot more Asian side of me. I just do think the Asian blood is much stronger than the white. Of course, for your kids it's the
0: same. Uh, yeah, I've, in general, I think the, the Asian DNA... What's your
1: natural colour hair again?
0: <laughs> it's the color of my eyebrows, uh, kind of this brown color
1: Oh, okay, so you're not actually blonde
0: No, no, I, I dye my hair blonde uh, for my work in videos and stuff Because it seems to be more matching the image right. of like the, the pale white foreigner But so. my
1: dad was pretty much blonde okay. Blonde, I don't know, his hair color would change every season mm. Like, it would be like, we say Ranga
0: Ranga? What's Ranga?
1: Orange. Orangutan. Oh, okay. I was gonna it,
0: ask you if he was a redhead, because redhead's hair. Like, he was a really mix. Like, when he was younger, season. he
1: was a mix of orange, red, and blonde. Okay. But now he's like a very light brown. Mm
0: hmm.
1: Yes, so it does change by season, but after he's gotten older, uh, it's been around light brown. Okay. Very, very light brown.
0: Uh, yeah, I've seen that with some of my redhead friends. My grandmother was a redhead. Okay. Um, so, yeah. No,
1: my dad's not like like a full redhead, like Ed Sheeran, for
0: example. Not, not. That not much. a ginger.
1: Not a not a ginger. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway,
0: we are basically running this on a shoestring budget. However, I did spend four hundred yen to buy something um, at the supermarket the other day. Ta-da! Strawberries. Now, why is this important to me and Japan or Hokkaido? Yes, ask me why. Because Japanese strawberries are the bomb. Would you like one?
1: <laughs> yeah, of course I'll eat one. But...
0: <laughs> or a few. Um, I think the else? best way yeah. t- is to mm.
1: take the top off okay. and eat it from the top.
0: I have read that, heard that, seen that before. Um, Thank you,
1: uh, Mr. Chris Broad from abroad in Japan. Yeah. yeah,
0: okay. Is that where you picked up the tip? Yes. <laughs> right, and let's, I do let's think... do yeah. it broad style then. Mm. So, that's because the sweetest part is at the bottom. the bottom and you want to save it for last. I'm totally cool with either way. <laughs> but I just remember when I first came here and I tasted these perfect. I mean, look at the shape of these things if you're watching on our video. Um, every one of these in this box is like exactly the same size and shape, yeah, but in a, a little different I don't,
1: I don't mind ugly strawberries. No, I
0: love to buy, <laughs> I love to buy the really tiny ones that are even a bit ugly because they're cheaper. I like the and they're fat s- ones. You like the, f- there are all kinds of strawberries. <laughs> but when I grew up in the states, we would get strawberries and put pr- powdered sugar on them because they were not very sweet. And when I first tasted a strawberry in Japan, I was like, this tastes like it already has powdered sugar on it. It's that sweet, and so I. Mean, I, I
1: don't know what strawberries like you're eating,
0: but I don't like to buy American strawberries anymore.
1: Oh. In Australia, I'm not. I'm pretty sure it's not Australian strawberries, but we import it somewhere where it tastes pretty much like this. So. Okay.
0: So I, I guess in the states, if you get imported strawberries, they might be like this. But I never had them. Oh.
1: I so. mean, fruit is always pretty good in Australia. I think yeah. compared to vegetables.
0: Uh, well, I mean, warmer climate. Oh, I lived. And...
1: I lived in tropical areas. And mangoes, pineapples, oh, bananas yeah. are amazing. The best. Life.
0: Well, you can't get yeah.
1: good mangoes or pineapples here.
0: No, in Japan. and not if that paying like two thousand yen or a lot. Uh, so I actually grew up in Florida as well.
1: So you should be able to get. And good yeah, stuff like my right? mother,
0: every mango season will get uh, her hydrator out and hydrate the heck out of mangoes and send me bags of like dried mango slices completely organic sweet as you could ever taste and papaya and my mother's really into being prepared for this kind of pandemic stuff and having edible things in her garden and so like everything in our her her yard in florida you can eat from the the leafy green spinach trees to all kinds of yeah, it's really smart.
1: Gardening's cool. I I, don't, I like to do gardening sometimes. Yeah, it's hard to do in Japan, it is it's really
0: hard to do, especially in Hokkaido, because our growing season's really short.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of my family in Hokkaido still grow during the summertime when mm-hmm. winter is finished. They do grow eggplants, yeah. cherry tomatoes, cucumbers. Tomatoes
0: cucumber <laughs> tomato tomato mm-hmm. yes so, well, so they this uh, yeah.
1: yes they still grow but of course during winter time it's just all gone so you just have to redo it
0: mm-hmm. well for sure and of course Hokkaido especially the Tokachi area provides i think 2000% of the produce for Japan for yeah like in Hokkaido we grow more than like 2000% of the food oh yeah probably for for the country it's not so not surprising so of course it's Hokkaido's super fertile rich place but it is a short growing season and if you're a home gardener it can be a bit tricky to get things but in the it is and... it is
1: really good it's not too hot yeah when you start about now this time after a month it's already like starting to grow and everything so
0: yeah saw the crocuses out some of the flowers are beginning to bloom mm. I think um, we had a kind of short winter this year. Because it started really late. Not
1: kind of. Yeah, it was really. And short. then it's
0: already melting. It's a bit early.
1: Well, uh, I came to Sapporo last year on the first of April. So.
0: Oh, so.
1: A year okay. and two days.
0: Your Sapporo anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a Japan anniversary because you were born here. Yeah. Um, but for the foreigners that have come to Japan as you know expats, we have this Japan anniversary thing. Uh, if you remember the date you came, and I do because I left America on my father's birthday and just a few days before 9-11. Do I
1: remember when I came back to Japan? I don't remember. But
0: you remember when you came to Sapporo on April Fool's Day last year?
1: Oh yeah, because it's just that I was working in ski resort until the 31st of March. Right. And usually that's when the...
0: That's May when everything peak ends, season ends. And everything yeah, begins in the I spring. So. Yeah, I guess so. so. And then
1: on the 1st, I just moved. Well, um, we
0: had an amazing interview with great baseball player, Carlos Mirabal, and this is Anything Goes Hokkaido, Anything Goes. Uh, we look forward to your questions and your ideas and future guests. We've got some really cool people lined up, um, but I'm going to keep it a secret for now. And please tune in next week. We will be back. I'm Delena. I'm Shinya. And this is Anything Goes Hokkaido. it! <laughs>
1: Ciao.